We will never know exactly what private pilot Kenneth A. Arnold saw 75 years ago while flying past Mount Rainier on June 24, 1947. What he said he saw and spent the rest of his life trying to explain added the words flying saucers to the vocabularies of millions of people around the world. That June afternoon, Arnold took off from Chialis, Washington on his way to an air show in Pendleton, Oregon. He was an experienced pilot with 4,000 hours of flying time logged and a member of an Idaho search and rescue unit. He was piloting a single-engine Cal Air A2 light airplane. Skies were clear and the winds light. He planned to detour a bit en route. A U.S. Marine Corps Curtis C-46 commando transport had crashed with 32 U.S. Marines on board and somewhere near the east side of his course, Arnold hoped to find the downed aircraft and claim a $5,000 reward. Shortly before 3 p.m., as Arnold circled his airplane about 20 miles west of Mount Rainier, searching for the C-46, he saw a bright flash to the northeast. It startled me. I just assumed it was some military lieutenant out with a shiny P-51, and I had caught the reflection of the sun hitting the wings of his plane. But after more flashes appeared, Arnold ruled out a nearby Douglas DC-4 airliner as the source. He claimed they emanated from nine shiny objects flying in an echelon formation about five miles long. Arnold described each object as circular, about 100 feet across, and with no discernible tail. The objects periodically flipped, banked, and weaved side to side like the tail of a Chinese kite. The formation was crossing in front of Arnold, and he decided to time its passage from Mount Rainier to Mount Adams. He calculated the objects were flying at about 1,700 miles per hour, two times faster than any airplane known at the time. Arnold emphatically denied that he initially described the objects as flying saucers, but as Megan Garber wrote in her June 15, 2014 article for The Atlantic, stories of the time credit Arnold with using the term saucer, disc, and pie pan in his description of the objects he had seen. He told his stories and overnight became a media sensation. And this is where we get our term flying saucers and the media craze known as the UFO craze. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile found sometime last week has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico. UFO whistleblowers testifying on Capitol Hill that the United States has been in possession of non-human craft since the 1930s. A Pentagon official revealed today that the U.S. government is investigating more than 600 potential UFO sightings. Oh, I think, dude. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots in the west. When it, when it comes to aliens, uh, there are some things I just can't tell you. If you ever open up Roswell, let us know what's really going on there. So many people ask me that question. But Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Yeah, as you heard in our intro, uh, I think what Andrew has coined, Weird-tober. <laughs> weird Tober. <laughs> yes. The start, the start of all things weird. <laughs> of all things weird. Tober. <laughs> Yeah, you've you've landed on a special a special episode of of lightning rounds today where we're going to discuss something maybe you've thought about 
maybe you've heard about, maybe you've played video games about. I, I wanted to ask you guys this question. Have have you guys ever experienced stuff that is, is beyond your explanation, beyond uh, anything strange ever happened to you? Maybe out in the woods, you hear a, a fart or, uh, and you're like, where'd that come from? I was just... <laughs> It was actually, it was, it was me probably just slipped out and he didn't know it. Yeah. I mean, almost daily I walk out my front door and there's this bean that I sight <laughs> creeping around the corners. He's red. He's large. He's hairy. <laughs> the big guy. The big, the big guy big himself. What size shoe do you have, Andrew? Uh, it's only a 10 and a half. I know. Dude, I have bigger feet than you. I'm wearing like 11. Well, but yeah, uh, that's that's my daily experience. <laughs> I've had weird stuff in the ocean. Oh yeah, I can't explain. I but it, you know, you can't see below you sometimes. That stuff freaks me out. That doesn't terrify you. Oh yeah, totally that... terrifies me. There's certain spots I'll never go back to surf at ever, and <laughs> but I'll surf like ten minutes down the road. But like, like the thing can't swim. What kind of things? Like you're surfing and like bubbles come up because I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What's your scary experience? Oh, it's a yeah. seal fart. That's what it is. It's a seal fart. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> it's cracking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ocean is a weird topic because I mean, isn't there like a fact somewhere out there that says that um, we've explored or we know more about like our own solar system and, and our own universe than we do about like the depths of the ocean. Yeah. Um, Cause there's absolutely. just certain things that are down there that are just, they're unobservable because it's the, the amount of pressure and, and yeah. how to get can't down get there to and it. all that. Yeah. Can't get to it. There's a lot of things in the ocean, dude, that you just can't explain or see. And no, but I've only had that like in the woods. I can't, I can't say I've had any, it, things in the woods weird things in the woods mm. but mm. just the ocean mainly yeah the woods are a crazy place because in it you find peace and in it you find terror <laughs> every <laughs> every time i go camping i'm like man just what a great place to meet with god and then i'm like what demons <laughs> oh, shoot <laughs> Why am I out here by myself? <laughs> Why did I think this is a good idea? Yeah. The only thing that but separates me from this demon is a thin <laughs> Patagonia vest <laughs> with no sleeves. Uh, that's why I sleep in a van. <laughs> I know. He's uh, That's right. Uh, it, I yeah. mean, but, but like, have you ever been camping? You ever been like sleeping and then like you do hear like wrestling or weird yeah. stuff around you? And you're like, mm -hmm. if it's a bear or if it's anything, you're like, the only thing that's between me and that is like this polyester fabric <laughs> yeah. i have no protection at all right now if this thing decided to just hmm is this a pop tart right here let me just back this open <laughs> yet somehow we feel safe we're like i'm good yeah 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 i'm in the i know it tore earlier by a twig and my son running across it but no bear's gonna get in here <laughs> yeah exactly this is my safe uh, space and he yeah. knows it Zach, yeah, Zach looks like the s'mores pop tart. <laughs> oh, <bro>. oh, <laughs> that was me, dude. That was me, bro. Hey, Andrew Strawberry. Andrew Strawberry. Andrew Strawberry. Andrew Strawberry. Uh, and Hollow is the. I don't know. If you were a breakfast pastry, which one would you be? <laughs> but Andrew's German, so he'd be the toaster strudel. That's true. <laughs> 
with the with the icing in the pocket. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Well, you got us on a great podcast. Um, we're really stoked that you guys are listening to this. We're stoked that you've been listening thus far. Um, through all of our, let's be real, through all of our weird recordings. I mean, we've had a lot of strange. I mean, if you've gone to the very first recordings of Lightning Rounds that were recorded in the uh, the underground layers of our old <laughs> church building. <laughs> <laughs> there's some strange and weird stuff that happened um in those uh those recordings some strange jokes some strange segments remember how scary it was down in that basement at night yes. at the church that put that was scary down there dude yeah talk about talk about weird tober the sinks that would turn on the toilets that would flush yes the the it was the uh guy's bathroom Right by down, Hollow's yeah. office. I know. It was cool that that's why <laughs> I was right the only Hollow's one office. down there. That was the worst. They'd be like, hey, can you go get this? I'm like, I'm the only one down here with these creepy paintings on the wall. The eyes follow you like Scooby-Doo. Uh, and the windows to the classrooms are like, uh, it's like hospital windows. So you're like, oh, oh, you gosh. walk by them and like you think someone's going to like pop out. Yeah, I didn't look in them. You just keep your eyes straight. But then even that door at the end of the hallway was creepy because it had the glowing exit sign. Yeah. yeah. It's my only way out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's cool Get that out. I was down there by myself and you guys had like 20 guys around you upstairs oh, yeah. in the light with windows. Yeah. Bless and a God. portico. Portico. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that was good. Anyway. Yeah. Well, like we said, though, we're super excited and, and thankful that you guys are listening. Today is a Great episode that is stirred on by one of your questions that were sent in to our podcast. Usually we'll send out, you know, like a little thing on Instagram about what, what should we talk about next? And we, we'll get a, we'll get a, a couple of those answers in there. And we thought, we thought this one would be, we kind of ignored this one for a bit, but, uh, Hollow and I kind of convinced Andrew to record an episode. Gosh. This one. So. Andrew, we're sorry if you get fired for talking about these All things. Right. Okay. I just want to say up front <laughs> that I was against this the whole time. <laughs> I've been against this. I'm being forced I'm against, being my against my will. Yeah. Help, help me. I'm shackled to this table right now. Yeah. Hollow lured me in with a free cup of coffee. <laughs> and now I'm stuck. That's anyway. like that's like that that's like that fairy tale. Those fairy tales that have those those like they're not fairy tales, like they have horrible endings. Like the um all of them. Hansel the, uh, and Gretel? The, uh, no, no, no. Hansel and Gretel, yeah. Gets lured Hansel with candy. She tried to eat them, right? She tried to eat them. Pies. Yeah. Why does every fairy tale end with kids being eaten? I don't know. What's the one Red from Riding Germany? Wed Whitinghood? Sorry, I said that. Wed Whitinghood. What's the one that Dwight would always do? The widest of the Wed Whitinghoods. And the wolf, the big wide wolf. I think it's to teach you a lesson. To... To don't do bad things or you will die. You sound like Dwight. You sound like Dwight right now. Yeah. Krampus or whatever the... Krampus, That's yeah. the one. Uh, if yeah. you don't, he'll eat you in your sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyways, today we are responding to a question that was sent in. And we think it's a really great question. It's a question that probably everybody is asking or pondering about. And uh, that question that was sent in reads, what do you guys think about all the alien UFO stuff that is in the news right now? 
what do we think? So in one short answer, yeah. <laughs> Hall's a little excited. He's a he's an X-Files fan. He wants to believe. He's I want to believe. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Just call me Fox. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because I grew up in the 90s. And so like I think about like just alien culture in the 90s for me, like growing up. Like I remember my older brother showing me the movie Aliens, really forcing me to watch this movie as, as a child. <laughs> My brother was into a bunch of sci-fi horror movies and he showed me this movie and it terrified me. Like <laughs> absolutely, absolutely terrified me. I don't know. What, what, what was, what was alien culture, pop culture like for you guys uh, growing up? What, what, what are your memories of it? Space invaders? Mars I wasn't attacks? Allowed, yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch uh, Care Bears, let alone oh, Alien. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys are you guys were private schooled. I forgot. Yeah, private and homeschooled. I, I saw an episode of Smurfs one time. It scared the <laughs> crap out of me. <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> uh, for all we know, aliens are closer to the, the Smurfs had it going on. That they're closer to the truth than. Uh... Yeah. No, my I think my first movie that I was allowed to watch that had to do with aliens was uh, Men in Black. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw Predator. That was my first one. Oh, oh shoot, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a... I think Men in Black is also closer to the reality as well. Hmm. Will Smith was in another one, <laughs> Independence Day. He, he was, he that was one, too. Oh, that was a good yeah, one. That was a great one. Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, or um, uh, did you guys ever go to like the arcades and play Area 51? Did you guys ever play that game? Oh yeah, with the blowback gun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. You're like you're like a you're like some extremely buff bodybuilder of like a SWAT team that's like breaking into Area 51. There's like these insect-looking glowing aliens that you have to shoot. Good extremely graphic. I can't believe I played it at like seven, <laughs> six years old. My mom was like, "Yeah, go for it." What a great, what a great childhood. What a great had. childhood. <laughs> Thanks, parents. Thanks, mom. Uh, yeah, that was good, dude. I know it's funny. That's funny. I don't want to get off topic, but that's that's funny. I was I was showing Judd Lord of the Rings, the first one, and he was he was all into it. He was loving it, and then it got to like that scene where like Saruman is like creating the Orokai. Oh, terrifying! And like I like paused it so quick, and Judd was like, "What was that?" <laughs> I was like, dude, I forgot how like terrifying this movie was. Like these things are like ripping out of like egg sacs and You're like Genesis six, Judd. Yeah, exactly. Genesis, <laughs> Genesis six. Mm, the Bible's more violent than these movies. Uh, 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 okay. In in your most funny pop culture reference, what do you think about aliens? What do you guys think about aliens? The picture like the picture you have in your head? Yeah, the picture you have in your head. That like Hollywood has Hollywood has uh, orchestrated in my head, right? Hollow, what's yours? It's Mars Attacks for me. <laughs> it's Mars Attacks. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I've like blocked it out of my consciousness. Mm. I would say pre like I have to say Predator because that's my earliest memory, mm. and we have to go back to the law of first mention in, in this way. So <laughs> context, guys. Face peelers. So Arnie. So Arnold. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> Get down. You pushing papers. <laughs> My arms are so big. I think it's funny just to, um, which we'll get into a little bit about, but just the 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 picture that uh, the media and pop culture has painted about these things. It's pretty interesting. It's funny how it's shaped the way that we like view what you think of immediately when when the subject comes up, and then all of a sudden, you know, going back to our our question today, you fast forward to. July 
2023 and Congress is having a hearing about UAPs and the existence yeah. of extra extraterrestrial aircraft. You're yeah. like, what? Where did where where did that uh where did that connect? <laughs> <laughs> A lot's happened since ET. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Um, we, we, we wanted to break this. This is a big subject and we understand. Um, most of our questions that we get asked, they are questions that are about life in the Bible, which we haven't lived a lot of life, so we don't have a lot of advice <laughs> as it relates to that. <laughs> um, we do know a little bit about the Bible. This, this was definitely a cultural question that we felt like we wanted to tackle. And uh, we're going to see if we can break this into two episodes and and kind of talk our way through this and what does it look like even for the christian how does a christian handle information like this and when the world is uh hearing these things seeing these things having congressional hearings on these things that used to be thought of as just oh funny movies and men in black little characters and uh but now it's all of a sudden all this stuff's you know kind of happening around us so We'll kind of jump into it with just um, a question I want to ask, maybe start off this conversation with is, is why does this matter that we're talking about this as Christians, as believers? Why, why does it matter to talk about subjects such as aliens, UFOs, and all this? I think because as Christians, what, what is the task we've been given? It's to, to preach the gospel, to go out. And if, if you can't, at least have a response to every question out there. Maybe not the answer. I think you you kind of you lose communication with certain people. You know, if if we're doing a outreach to Roswell, New Mexico, and they're like, "What do you think about aliens?" Be like, "It's crazy," but you need Jesus. Like, you're not building a bridge at that point. And I think we have to to find that that bridge of how can we communicate with people when this is a big issue in a lot of people's lives. You know, it, it could be any topic, you know, we could talk about, um, uh, you know, just all anything that's going on in the news right now. And if someone's like, well, this is where I stand, this is where I believe. And if you just say, oh, that's not real, but Jesus is, they're going to say, well, why is your thing real, but mine not? And I think we have to mm -hmm. build that bridge so we can share the gospel, so we can bring Jesus to others. Because if we're not building these bridges, then we're building these walls that are just shutting us off and we're not completing the commission we've been given. And so... That's what I see. I mean, if, if you can't bring this into the paradigm of the Bible, then you can't bring these people into what we're called to do, if that makes sense. Mm. That's wow, that was really good. We can move on to our next point because that was like, <laughs> that was really good, all. Join I us for part uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. No, I, I think you, that's a great, that's a great reasoning is, um, you know, we as Christians, we want to be build, we want to build bridges um, with the world with the intention of, of sharing the truth, sharing the gospel. Um, right. You know, uh, you, you think of Paul and what he did when he was up on Mars Hill. And, um, you know, when he went up there, he didn't just flat out just start saying, you guys are all idiots. This is, this is, you haven't read the Torah. 
Like, let me, let me open up. <laughs> I'm going to quote to you the Torah. Like, and then like, cause he didn't do that because none of them had any context for these things. None of them knew of, of really too much of Jewish tradition, literature, law, all of that. What they knew was the gods that they worship and the philosophers that they quoted and debated um, constantly. And what does he do there in, in the book of Acts at Mars Hill is he builds a bridge by telling them, hey, I was walking around and looking at all these statues and these gods, these altars you have. And I saw you have that altar that's to the unknown God. Mm. And he's like, and, he, and that is who I've come to talk to you guys about. And then even when he goes on, he, he quotes their own poets, right? He says, even some of your own poets say that in God, we live and we move and we have our being. And that is true. And Paul goes and he uses that as a catalyst to a bridge to build the gospel. But I think you're absolutely right. Hollow is when, when we talk about subjects just like this one, it matters for us to think about as believers. Um, not that you need to be an expert on it. I mean, we're not, we're not saying that at all, but it, it, it does, it does matter in being an effective witness to the world around you mm-hmm. when uh, you are able to give, you know, like first Peter says to give a defense for the reason of the hope that, that lies within you. And we build bridges that way. A hundred percent. Yeah. Andrew, do you want to add anything on that? I think it's it's what we're called as ambassadors of Christ. You know, you have to speak of the an ambassador speaks two languages: the language of the country they represent and the language of the country that they're in. And so, that's what we're gonna try and do. We got to speak the language of the culture and have a pulse on the culture and know what's going on, and then being able to speak the language of heaven at the same time, so that we can build the bridge. I would say just from a scriptural standpoint. Yeah. I think of the times like, you know, not the times I've been to Africa once, but when we're there, there's certain things, you know, the the many times on my journeys. Well-traveled. Oh, well-traveled wise. It was 1864. I have many leather bound books. No, but when you go anywhere, even, you know, any culture you go to, there are things in the culture you have to know to not be disrespectful. And you could say, Oh, I'm free in Christ. Yeah, but you probably should take your shoes off when you go into someone's house. Like there, there's things that you do as out of respect to others. And I think it's the same where this, it's like, okay, well, let's put ourselves in their culture and let's learn these things so we can meet them. Because if you just come in, you know, quoting the, the Bible to someone who doesn't believe the Bible, how are you going to win them over? Mm-hmm. And so uh, you have to put yourself in their shoes. You have to reason from a different um, yeah. uh, vantage point, huh? I mean, First Corinthians nine. Paul would say, it, "To the Jews, I became a Jew; to the Gentile, Gentile." Like I had to do these things to win them over, so that they may share with them in its blessings. Amen. Amen. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, specifically, you know, to narrow down now to this topic that we're talking about: aliens, UFOs, UAPs. You know, all of this stuff that that is in the news and culture's talking about, no doubt you have even thought about, maybe if you're listening to this and maybe you haven't even formulated your own idea of of how to respond to this. I mean, when you look at all of this, it's it's it is pretty funny to to see how it's not just conspiracy theorists, you know, that hold to the belief of this phenomenon anymore. You know, it's taken seriously now by very intellectual people. Like, it's not just like the, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's Waylon over there and ranch out there. And he believes that he saw something there. And it's like, okay, it's like, you know, I'm not saying that Waylon's story and that 
in that it might be wrong. You know, maybe he did see something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Waylon the rancher. But um, <laughs> although I would like to be, that's a wonderful name. And to Wait. own to own land sounds really nice right now. <laughs> so, but I digress. Uh, the point that I was trying to make is this subject is being taken seriously by intellectual people now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Christian should not be unaware of this, you know, this subject, but uh, should be able to provide an answer to those that are questioning reality that are questioning what this brings up and and how it affects their their belief in God. You know, I, I really do believe that this subject used to be a fringe subject and and now it's not anymore. It used to be this subject that was taboo and made fun of. And now you start seeing these like well-decorated army and military personnel that have this testimony and this experience. And you also have these scientists and these people that have like, they're they're smart a lot smarter than 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 let's be honest than all three of us here combined yeah. and uh ouch yeah and um <laughs> yeah and so i i think you know doing some research on this I, I wrote down three things that i feel like reasons why we should take this seriously and um i think that's good hall we build bridges and i think another reason too is is that most americans take this subject seriously now um it's no like i was saying before it's not a um it's not a fringe subject anymore. Um, here I have written down um, this th- from this article. It says there's this doctor who is the chair of philosophy and religion department at uh, the University of North Carolina, Wil- Wilmington. Her name is Dr. Diana Pasolka. And uh, she describes the belief in extraterrestrial life as a new form of religion. She yeah. says this. And she says that a belief, a belief that because of evolution, there are other evolutionary beings higher on the scale than us that we are bound to make contact with. And so oh. she starts talking about this thing. This is a, a doctor um, at the University of North Carolina who has published books. You know, we talked about before before the podcast, we talked about a little bit about her, but she's published books through Oxford. Like she's not like a she's not like stupid. <laughs> she's a really smart girl. <laughs> But um, that these people are treating the, the this thing as even as a religion. You know, it goes on to say that a, a study um, that was done um, for Americans say that one in three Americans believe UFOs are alien sp- spacecraft. So one out of every three people you meet on a random street believe that aliens are, or sorry, UFOs are alien spacecraft. And the study also says that two of three Americans this is a majority of Americans. Two out of every three Americans believe that the government knows more about this subject than they're telling us. Hmm. And so I, I really think that, hey, if the Christian, because this is such a prominent, as we see, you know, even with those stats, because it's such a prominent thing in American society, like you're saying, Hollow, um, if we don't talk about this, other people are going to talk about it and give answers for it. You know, like um, the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, which is an interesting podcast to listen to. You know, the one of the most famous, if not the most successful podcaster out there. But people who are looking for answers to this, if Christians aren't giving a response to it, then people are going to look somewhere else and they're going to find other answers. And so for we as uh, us as Christians, we need to take a biblical worldview perspective on this and we need to understand especially when it comes to a subject that's like this, that can be jarring to some people's ideology and 
growing up and like, I don't know, this is so don't know. like it's it, it, it's weird to even say that we're having a podcast about this, you know, as, um, you know, old church employees, all of us used to work together <laughs> at the same church. And like, it's kind of funny to say that, like, this is what church employees are talking about right now, you know, having a <laughs> podcast about. But it shouldn't jar us because I, I think for us as believers, um, you know, and Andrew said it really well um, before we started recording was that if you can believe Genesis 1, then that sets you up for a, a frame view and a, and a worldview where you do have responses to um, to life, to culture, and to things that might not make sense. And so because of that, for us as the Christian, we, we, don't, we believe that every part of creation, no matter how far away it is or how near it is or how small it is or how grand it is, every part of creation has heard God's voice and has obeyed his, his um, or rather has fallen under his authoritative rule like all of creation falls under his authoritative rule there's not one thing no matter how far away that we can see in a telescope or how near and small that we see with even our own bodies that doesn't obey the laws that god has set and falls under his kingship and his rule and so Mm -hmm. for us as christians it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be as jarring if we can if we can believe and hold to that truth yeah and it just goes to show you that no one can escape like even the 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 atheist or like atheism is dwindling fast uh, and and gnosticism and stuff like that that's going down in our country because people cannot deny the supernatural and everyone is subject to basically falls into religion because a religion is a set of beliefs values and practices based on the teaching of a spiritual leader and so the world falls into that too. Even even mm-hmm. the evolutionist has a set of beliefs. They have a set of values, what they value based on what they believe, uh, how we came into origin, and their practices, basically how they live their life based on that belief. And then their spiritual leader is science and what, what that tells them. And, and you can find this in every part of our culture. And so people are looking, and, and that's you find that everywhere. Everyone has a set of beliefs, a set of values and practices. And so the Christian, how do we bring this into our set of beliefs? How do we bring this into our values and practices? And, you know, what does the Bible teach about these things? No one can really escape that, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because not only do you see that most Americans take this subject seriously, um, but you see that the government, right, what we just saw recently in 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 July that the government and media now are taking this subject seriously. This is not a fringe subject to them anymore, but um, this is a subject that, you know, what, like when we're talking about pop culture memories of, of, uh, of UFOs and, and whatnot, you know, our mind does go to predator independence day, area 51 X files, Mars attacks, right? These things, but where, where the media once mocked and denied these things, now all of a sudden these things are being taken seriously by our government and by our media. And so that should matter to us as a Christian. Like, okay, well, not only are, are most Americans taking this seriously, but even officials, elected officials, are, are taking all of this uh, with like this subject with a serious manner. And it, it's pretty interesting too, a little bit of a history on like how this all kind of started that I thought might be beneficial, you know, for us to, to hear is 
Um, there was an article that actually came out in 2017 through the New York Times. And this article was called, the, the title of this article was Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program. And this article that like came out for the New York Times was like this groundbreaking article that kind of exposed the idea that the government has known about these things, has known about stuff um, that has been happening in the skies for a really long time and has been doing something about it, but without telling the public about it. Um, and through this article, you find out about like a program that's called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or, or ATIP, they call it for short. And, and really they studied it because they thought, okay, this could be a threat. One, it could be another country, right? Or two, if we don't know what it is, it's flying in our airspace. Like every nation should take that seriously, no doubt they did. And, and, and so this program was 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 created really was it was pursued because so many military officials were encouraging this program to be created even what's actually kind of interesting um there's a a, a well-known former astronaut his name is john glenn who who urged senators to create a program that would identify <laughs> things that fly in the sky let's be honest you know stuff like this and so even this 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 astronaut is 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 pushing for this pushing for this stuff and so when this article released in 2017 that's kind of when the floodgates opened and you probably started hearing hints of of stuff videos of stuff released by the navy this and that you know stuff and it whether it was you know videos of of navy fighter pilots showing strange objects flying at speeds well above human capacity um, leaving no trace of of uh, exhaust as they look at it with infrared there's no fume behind it um, whether there was stuff like that, you know, or um, or or other reports, you, you know, even even from presidents. Like I think I, when, when I was researching this, uh, like even like some presidents had these strange encounters or, or saw these strange lights in the sky or strange things. And um, it all kind of accumulated to what we saw in July. That all accumulated when President Trump, through the COVID-19 bill, added a clause in there which mandated the military and the FBI to once the bill got passed to produce um, a report on what they knew concerning uh, unidentified aerial phenomena or UAP. And so there's there's a there's a there's a Trump Trump thing right there. You know, that's what he did. And so, <laughs> you know, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, um, if you like aliens, you can thank him for that. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> because he uh, he really put it into a bill. And so that's why 180 days after that bill got passed and signed, they had to have a hearing on it where, where the military and the FBI had to come clean about their knowledge on these things. Fast forward to July of this past year, 2023, we have that congressional hearing, you know, on, on a subject that was once laughable, a, a subject of, of metallic saucer-shaped aircraft. Now this is all of a sudden front and center being witnessed by Navy pilots and officials and um, being listened to by Congress. And so do you, I, I, the point that I was just trying to get at is like, this is no longer a fringe topic anymore. This is a topic that most people and the government are, are taking seriously. 
It's not like a tinfoil hat subject anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just Susie down at the, you know, pop and shop uh, wearing a tinfoil hat. It's like everywhere now. Yeah. And, and, and you know what's interesting too? Um, and I don't want to take the whole time talking, but I want to pose this question to you guys. Like, if you could say one good thing about this, is it is it provokes it's provoking people to to have a conversation and discussion about some pretty major worldview things, right? Like life, mm-hmm. reality, eternity. Mm. The supernatural. Yeah, the yeah. supernatural. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for the normal person who maybe has never, you know, we could we could look at life through the glasses of we were raised in church. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's totally normal. Like the guy died, three days later he rose back to life and now our sins are gone. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's totally normal. Like, no, the Bible is a pretty crazy book. And there's people who weren't raised in the same households as we were. So when you're talking to them, they're like, oh, that's crazy. But for this to be a normal part of their everyday life, now they could say, well, you know what? Maybe I was atheist that we came from nothing. But now I'm thinking, man, there might be something greater out there. And I think it's important that we win them over, that the greater thing isn't this thing from outer space, but it's the God who created everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's important. Yeah. Yep. That's good. That's good, Hall. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> by, by the way, my my wife always says that when we listen to this podcast because you always say that's really good, Hollow, and she's like, he's like your dad. Well, I feel like I feel like if, if like you know what's awkward, I'm just gonna say it. You know what's awkward is when you say something and nobody affirms what you said or says anything. To you. <laughs> that's really awkward. I'm not saying that you guys do that to me, but that's good. There's a lot of quiet stares that I get from people, and I'm like, does anybody care about what I just said? And why did I start a podcast with two of my best friends? We're resonating so this? well with you that we just stare at you still trying to process it all it takes me a little while like you said earlier we're not very smart (laughs) three of us is one of them i know smarts i know smarts you hurt my feelings Uh, oh but i agree sorry go for it no 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 no. say can you like summarize what you just said again people want to believe in something greater yes yeah 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 than okay, themselves right. yeah yeah that's an easy way so would you this is andrew's favorite question that i ask would you say <laughs> would you say so would you andrew, say this is i'll say this to andrew i'll say this to andrew cuz i want to make i just want to make, make you feel uncomfortable right now all right so it's would working. you say that we and i'm not say, i'm not bl- i'm sh- i'm not shifting blame on anyone i'm just saying kind of like as a whole especially for where we live in western christianity in america would you say that we have kind of like sterilized the Bible to the point where it's like, we're like Hollow said, oh yeah, Jesus rose three days again in the grave and he's washed my sins away and you know, that's great, you know? And I go to church on Sunday and... I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I'm going to heaven, yeah. Like, would you say we've kind of sterilized the Bible from the supernatural, you know, or the spiritual? I think, I think in the way that it's happened... And in, I don't think it's anyone's like intention. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's like, oh, the church, we're blaming the church. But the, there is a sense of the very practical. Like like when we're teaching the Bible, we're coming to the applicational side of it. We've observed it. We've interpreted it. Now how do we apply it? A lot of times the application becomes very practical. Mm. And it's removing the supernatural side of things and just making it about like, how to be a better Christian, how to be a better husband, how to be a better wife or whatever. How, how does this help me? How does this apply to me and and things like that in my, in my everyday, which is not bad. That's actually, 
essentially what we're trying to do is how does how does me as a Christian in the 21st century or 20 oh, are we in the 21st? Yeah. Yeah. I forget. <clears throat> In this time frame, we're not going to be in the 22nd century. We're not? No, we're going to be dead. That long. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Things got very, <laughs> very weird. Just now. But, uh, but it's, um, you know, we're always trying to put it into our frame. And I think that's where it's kind of lost some of that supernatural because our faith is a mystic faith. It is a supernatural faith. When you would just strip it down and like, we believe in a a spirit god who's three parts in one who lives outside of time and space who spoke all things into creation that's that's supernatural that's that's very um mystic in a lot of ways mm. um or that in that he dwells inside of me <laughs> you know those are if, if like hollow said if you don't have that kind of framework growing up and suddenly you're awakened to the supernatural um, through what we're seeing on the news and stuff like that, you're going to start dabbling into the dark supernatural. Mm. And that's why it's important that we bring people into the light of the supernatural because there's two sides to it. Mm -hmm. And good. so, yeah, I would say that when we just make the Bible very practical and we, we forget that it is very supernatural. Sure. Yeah. I think we, we sterilize it in that way. Mm-hmm. That's good, Andrew. Thank you for Thanks, your participation. <laughs> <laughs> you may now receive your treat. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's for you, Grace. Okay. That's for you, Grace. Let's bring, you, let's bring Grace on this podcast and see how she does out here. Okay. Oh, and then I can make it. fun of her. Yeah, this, this subject, it brings up a lot of good subjects that Christians need to wrestle with and um, and deal with, you know, because the Bible does have a lot of weird stories. I mean, you read stuff about like the sun standing still. You read stuff about people's getting healed, blind receiving sight. You read visions, angels. Um, donkeys talking. Donkeys talking, yeah. Samuel coming back from the dead. Yeah. yeah, from a witch. Yeah, seas wow. parting. Uh, you, I mean, you. Re there's a lot of strange stuff that's in the Bible, and mm -hmm. uh, and 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 that's why I think it. We shouldn't run away from the weird as a Christian, especially culturally. Like we shouldn't. And what I mean by that is is, as Christians, we should not run away from the strange or the or the weird that we see in our world around us, like in culture. Uh, that we we should be able to give a answer or a response to to some of these things. We shouldn't be uh, scared because the Bible we see tons of of supernatural and strange uh, occurrence <laughs> in the Bible. It's uh yep. and people weird tober yeah and people are looking for people are looking <laughs> for answers you know and it wouldn't be a podcast and and it wouldn't be me talking on lightning rounds if I didn't quote C.S. Lewis. So I got a C.S. Lewis quote for you guys. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Here it is. Yes. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he said this. He said, good philosophy must exist if for no other reason because bad philosophy philosophy must be answered. Mm. Wow. And so he says that if you, the learned life then is for some a duty. So this is, this is our duty as, as Christians to know these things, to learn these things, not because we want to become obsessed 
and 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 uh, <laughs> why? Why are you guys laughing? It's because I said duty. <laughs> Andrew looked at me when you said duty, <laughs> like I was trying to be mature, and he he like looked over with this smirk. Like, you guys are children, duty. okay? You guys are children. <laughs> I can't do this. I just watched Wreck It Ralph, so I like couldn't. <laughs> and it's a big duty. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was doing fine. He had a. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a late night. I woke up early. Uh, uh, sorry. God. No, I just think C.S. Lewis makes a good point. Like, yes, hey, this he does. Is, like, we have a, as Christians, this, we should be doing something about this. Um, For sure. You know, because bad philosophy does exist. And it does. And, yeah. and so, therefore, good philosophy must exist if anything, to answer bad philosophy. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's a verse that I was reminded of in first Timothy four one, and Timothy says here, he says, he says, now the spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Mm. And it's, it's the reality that, Hey, like no one, no one, is gray in the sense of like you're you're the middle ground if you're being taught something it's either god's righteousness or it's the enemy's deception uh, mm-hmm. there is no yep. you know um, middle to that and paul here says that there's teachings of demons that we have to be wary of um, there's deceitful spirits that are out there that are looking to uh, deceive us and to deceive others away from finding the truth yeah, so these these uh, these these questions and these topics and these discussions, uh, I think they should be taken seriously by Christians who want to be culturally mindful, um, just as we would take serious any other cultural topics like gender identity or political ethics, you know, or technological advancements, stuff like that. You know, like AI. Like mm-hmm. like we should take these subjects ser- seriously. Yep. Yeah. To go back to what you said about First Timothy, those wait these teachings of demons, this is religion. Like you said with the the lady who's like, this is becoming some new form of religion because they have a set of beliefs, a set of values and a set of, of things that they do as in accordance to what they believe. And this is what's happening there. You know, whatever God set forth, the devil and his angels do, do a counterfeit something mm-hmm. offshooting of that to deceive. And so, that's where we have to be aware. It's not that we dive into these topics in order to fit them into our narrative and like fit them into what we believe, but allowing the word of God to be the filter as to what we're seeing in culture, not allowing culture to dictate what the Bible says, but what, what the Bible says is happening in culture and, and allowing that to be the guide and authority Mm. is super important. Yeah. I think, you know, we we look at that too, like the teaching of demons. We're we're looking for this like dark thing, like oh yeah, that person dressed in all black, yeah, you know, with a pentagram on them. That's it. And it's like no, the teaching of demons doesn't necessarily mean this dark, you know, physically dark thing. It can be any false religion that that the enemy is, you know, that that the enemy is using. I mean, you go back to the Old Testament and Baal, and it's like this was the teaching of the enemy. And then you go into, um, you know, like mythological age where you have 
Zeus and Hercules and all these people. And it's like, okay, that's also a distraction where it's taking people's belief and they're almost there, but they pull it to the side and they take the eyes off God and Jesus and twist it in their own way mm-hmm. where you've seen people like, like, and like, oh yeah, Zeus is God. Hercules is Jesus. It's like, whoa, you got to wait. That's not, you're twisting it. And that's where you're making it something dark because you're trying to fit it into a different story instead of finding the true story in the word of God. And again, we could go back to this point where today it's like, oh yeah, you know, I don't go to church, but I have this like I'm spiritual. spiritual, I'm very spiritual. And yeah. I, I know there's a greater being out there mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, that's God. It's like, no, again, you're, you're on path and you took a weird turn. Mm-hmm. And so being able to pull people back to the right path and show them that this yeah. is who Yahweh is. It's not this sidestep. Yeah. And it's mainstream. Yeah. It's, it's now the mainstream mm-hmm. of spirituality where there's mm-hmm. like, it, it's uh, crystals and praying to crystals and like this new spirituality. It's basically, it's new agey stuff, just repackaged and repurposed. It's, mm-hmm. it's not different. It's just become cooler or more acceptable wow. or a decorating tool. Mm-hmm. It's just repackaged and it's, it's bits of darkness being put in and people just seeing it as you know, the big word right now is normalize, hmm. normalize, normalize, normalize. We're going to normalize this. We're going to normalize that. And, and we've almost become desensitized to the fact that they're trying to normalize things that are very dark hmm. and deceptive. Hmm. And they do. They do exactly that. It becomes normal. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's normal. That's the normal thing. That's a normal thing. It's a, it's not a normal thing. Yeah. And it's not okay. It's It's, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, so the so then there's a need, just like Jude, the book of Jude says, there's a need for us as as Christians to contend for the faith, yes. to engage with culture, and to um, uh, to give an answer, to give a response. I, I would say that you know our culture is asking questions. There's a longing that's that's there. Um, you know, the Bible says eternity is written on on man's heart, and there's there's a longing for spirituality. There's a longing for something greater than ourselves that's built into every person, and especially through this through culture uh, at least i'll say this they're being misled in most areas of life and existence when they're trying to discover the meaning of these things and so we as uh, i feel, feel like for us as believers we should be able to have a rational response and a loving but yet truthful response So now let's talk about what is happening in our culture today when it relates to the subject of UFOs, when it relates to the subject of aliens, when it relates to the subject of UAPs. Well, all of us can, I mean, I feel like you had to have been hiding under a rock if you didn't know about what was going on in Congress in the month of July um, for that uh, congressional hearing that was happening. But if, if, if maybe you were like Andrew and you didn't hear about it and you didn't know about it and you didn't care about it, and we had to inform Andrew on all of this before. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was disengaged. From We're the two you of have three. Four kids. You have four kids. I don't blame you. I, I was recovering from VBS, I That's think. It. 
Like we my... uh, we fit the the poll perfectly. Two out of three believe. Yeah. <laughs> one out of three. Andrew is the one. We are America. <laughs> one just doesn't. Dude, we are. We got like the German, uh, Irish, <laughs> Polish. We got like the Spaniard. What else are you all? I don't even know what else. Italian. 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 And then we just got just Mexico. Just holding strong. <laughs> Mexico. Holding strong. But yeah, so if especially for you listening, if you didn't know, if you don't know what we're talking about, in July, three former military officials stood before Congress and they testified each separately that they believe that the government knows much more about UFOs than it's telling the public. So these three individuals testified and gave personal either eyewitness accounts or testimonials from from former military projects they were a part of. And they shared this with with Congress. And it was a pretty interesting hearing. Did did uh, you guys hear it? Did you guys get to see clips of it or hear any part of it? That's a, that's a big negative on my side here. <laughs> you're, a great, you're a great participant <laughs> to this podcast. Ne- negatory. <laughs> negatory. <laughs> uh, I'm here for so the... So hollow. Uh, laughs. I'm going to unplug his mic. I'm going to step back. I'm stepping back. <laughs> He's Finish just here coffee. for the coffee and the hangs. <laughs> Is there any more? Do you have any more coffee? No. Dang it. Sorry. We're out. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's different when, like going back to our tinfoil um, hats, you know, it's different when it was like some random ponytail dude. It's like, aliens exist. <laughs> and you're like, all right, dude. <laughs> Get back in your 97 Civic, you know, with the R2-D2 on the top. Um, there's one of those in Laguna Beach, by the way. It's pretty cool. It's an old <laughs> car, and it's got, like, blasters on the side. It says, Venmo me if you took a picture with my car. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's, geez, in, a nice, in a nicer way, in a nicer way. But, I mean, these are government officials, like you said, highly decorated officers, pilots. You know, I, I don't know what your vision of being a pilot in the military is, but it's, it's not like it was in, you know, the movie Pearl Harbor where they're like, I used to practice in my, you know, barn and pretend I was a pilot. And all of a sudden you're like in world war two and you're flying this P 51, you know, it's not, which are some of the greatest planes in the world, by the way. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Planes of fame. Yeah. All about it. But you know, it was a little different now with the technological leaps, you have to be very smart. You're not just like graduated high school, might as well be a Navy pilot. You know, it's yeah. it's years of training. And these aren't 18, 19 year old pilots. These are 30, 40 year old men and women who are very smart, yeah. who are very good at what they do. They're not just gonna be like, oh, it must have been an alien. Tom Cruise. <laughs> this is Tom Cruise. This is baby. Tom Cruise. Man, Maverick. Maverick and Goose. Maverick and Goose. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think I wanna say no matter what it is, what they saw and what they say can be trusted in how they say it. Because just like I'd rather have, you know, the, the, the replay of an accident from the perspective of a police officer than a civilian because they know how to document this. They know how to take reports. Yeah. This isn't this first time that an officer has taken a report because there's, you know, there are objects that they see, they describe and they say, okay, this is a bogey, you know, bring that person and we know who this is. Or, you know, from our plane, we have infrared, we could see, here's the target, send in the missile. It's not lightly done, and these things aren't lightly reported. So it wasn't this private pilot, like my story, where it's like, I saw something, this doesn't make sense. These are the people who know everything that's going on in the skies. Nothing is held back from them. So they're not like, oh, my bad, it was a Cessna. I didn't see it on my radar, and the FAA didn't alert me. It's like, no, no, they, they know more than 
the civilian knows. So for them to report something like this, I think you have to take it serious. There's credibility, have, yeah. There's credibility, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. That's good. That's that's good, Hall. It's good, Hall. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Uh, uh, that was yeah. Good. I mean, I thought what was really interesting about the the congressional hearing was that what they were claiming was that the government was absolutely in possession of UAPs. So they have mm-hmm. possession of these aircraft. <laughs> what I thought was interesting is that they said that they're, they have found non-human biologic, biologics at these crash sites. Yeah. It's a fancy term for a, <laughs> for a piece of poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for their duty. A cow pie. <laughs> this, is just uh. a tin, this is just a saucer full of cow pies. <laughs> oh, man, we got pranked again. <laughs> And they lit it on fire. <laughs> it on put fire. it out with your boots. <laughs> Quick, put it out with your boots. <laughs> Dude, it's the brown flaming bag of the alien. Oh, oh that's gosh. That's true. true. No, but that, I mean, that was pretty, I mean, to get back to yours, that's pretty strange that they said they found non-human biologics at these crash sites of, of these UFOs, UAPs, whatever you prefer to call them. And, and even that one of the guys was sharing that they have, um, I, I, maybe all of them shared this, uh, but that they were in danger or threatened in releasing this information that they're uh, that they were endangered and and threatened and had colleagues that were threatened in releasing this stuff and so um it's 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 to me I'm like man that that's that's some interesting interesting stuff to uh to kind of just lay before Congress and just like, okay. And you could even see it in Congress, like the people's face. They were like, uh, like they didn't not yeah. know how either they knew all along what was going on or like, they just didn't know how to process it. Mm. It's kind of like yeah, some of most right power. Now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of the most powerful people in the free world are like sitting right there and you have to try and describe to them, you know, that's scary. Yeah. That's, that's, and there's a lot of risk the, there repercussions of like saying this mm-hmm. not even from like oh i'm gonna get in trouble by you know the guys in black it's like just your own social life like oh there's so and so he believes in this so it's like almost like why would you come forward with this unless you truly believed it uh, you know he even mexico had some congressional hearings as well <laughs> that's where that <laughs> yeah they did. That's where, we made a that couple little, memes about them <laughs> that's where that little alien came out paper mache alien yeah the one that was I cake did it. you see the one where like they found out it was cake <laughs> cut it uh, <laughs> he actually bought her on etsy it's tres leches <laughs> yeah no but this same pilot um i believe it was that same pilot he was at these hearings and at that point he regretted because he said, this is what, this isn't what I was here for. I wasn't basically, I wasn't here to make, to be made a laughing stock. Like I'm taking this serious and yeah, for him to step back and say like, okay, now, now I'm not going down this rabbit hole of history channel alien, you know, I'm, I'm taking this serious. Like something is flying in the sky and I want to keep it on that because this is what I'm actually seeing. Yeah. So I think there's a seriousness to it and he's trying to differentiate the serious from the bogus. Yeah. That's wild right there. That's weird Tober right there. <laughs> odd Tober. Odd Tober, excuse me. I like it. Are you there odd? you go. That's right. Odd-tober. We're changing it. <laughs> Mid podcast. Actually, Odd Tober. Yeah. Um, so I, what I have, what I have right here too, um, is 
this is this is the story of the retired Navy commander of F-18 Squadron. His name is David Fravor, and um, this is his story of the famous Tic Tac footage. Which which which, if you don't know what that what that is, is they saw some a an object while doing a training, and it and it had the shape of like a Tic Tac, like a like a white Tic Tac. Or he says, um, I think he said to put it in better terms, it was like a giant propane cylinder. Like you could imagine something that looked like that. So this is his story, okay? <clears throat> and I thought it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to kind of hear and, and kind of talk a little bit about, um, because this is what's happening. Was David Fravor, he says that he spotted a Tic Tac looking object during a flight off of the coast of Southern California on November 14th, 2004. He and his lieutenant commander were training uh, 100 miles southwest of San Diego at the time. And at, at that time, an advanced radar on their ship that they were a part of, the USS Princeton, detected what operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon, descending 80,000 feet in less than a second. These things were moving extremely fast. Uh, it goes on and it says, Fravor and his lieutenant commander diverted to investigate. And that's when they saw this little white tic-tac-looking object moving above the white water of the Pacific Ocean. I mean, just for reference, it's not just Southern California. Like, this is San Clemente Island where yeah. this is happening. No way. Yeah, this is right in our backyard. Oh, shoot. But as the story goes on, when they see this white tic-tac-looking object moving above the white water of the Pacific Ocean, right? Four of them, because he, he was a leader of a squadron of... of of FA-18 uh, fighter jets, and four of them um, were watching this object from the airplanes for about five minutes, and then they began circling the object 20,000 feet um, above sea level and above this object. And they said this object was about 50 feet above sea level, so really close to the water. And Fravor direct, started directing his plane downward for a closer look at this Tic Tac to, to see what this thing was. And the crazy thing that he says is that as he started spiraling and descending, getting closer to this Tic Tac, that the, the object began mirroring his movements. Um, it basically showing that it was aware of his presence that was there. And this object was probably about the same. He, uh, Fravor says that this object was about the same size as their jets. And as he moved in to cut off the object, all of a sudden it accelerated so quickly that it appeared to disappear but yet within the minute, it was detected roughly 60 miles away. Whoa. And so- In one minute. In, in less than a minute, yeah. And so what had happened was they landed and then told the next squadron what they saw. The next squadron went up to investigate it. Um, and that's where we get the recording that I just sent you guys. Um, that recording wasn't necessarily from his direct plane, but it was from the squadron that went immediately after him. And they followed wow. it. And they um, they found it, and it was moving at it was moving at like unbelievable speed above the above the water, causing even white water but underneath it <laughs> mm. from how fast it was moving. <laughs> so it wasn't just like this wow. weird, strange reflection or ball of light, but whatever it was, it was physically affecting the environment around it. Wow, that's good. Yeah, so that was that was one of the uh, one of the one of the pilots. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's good, Zach. That's good, Zach. 
Yeah, and uh, that was one of the pilots. And I think the other pilot, his, I can't remember his full name. It's Ryan uh, something. Uh, Joe Rogan. Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. It's magic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Alien pilot. That's where he gets his unbelievable tan from. That's a... <laughs> Um, but his that that other pilot, um, he uh, this was a guy that ha- I, I was sharing with the guys earlier. This is a guy who, on September 11th, when we were attacked, he f- was flying over L.A. in mm. defense formation, ready to defend the city of L.A. if L.A. was going to get attacked next. So this is like a dude who's like loves his country and like serves his country, and um, this guy shares an, an another example of how he was following this oblong shaped thing that was flying in the air and what it did was it jammed his radar it jammed his radar which in other like if this if we like if we were flying over the ocean and nearing let's say china and china were to jam our radar that is seen as an act of war um mm. from from another country um, that, that, that's how serious it is to have your radar jammed. And so these things are like jamming Navy pilots radars. Okay. There's stories of them. It's, you're thinking, I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of space balls. Huh? Oh, yeah, I'm radar. Radar. Jammed. <laughs> what is a strawberry? There's only one who would dare give me the raspberry. Lone Star. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just popped in no, my head. It's I so funny. That's good. That's what I was thinking of it at the exact same time as it, as the words are coming out of my mouth. I was thinking of it. <laughs> jammed. Dang it. Oh, but these things are um these things are affecting uh the environment around them. They're messing with our military. They're toying with our military. Um, there's reports of them uh, flying over the missile silos in Montana and shutting them down, all of them, even though each are individual and they take like a certain formula or a certain procedure to shut each. They're not all connected. In other words, like if you shut one down, it won't shut them all down. Each have their own individual procedure to shut down, shutting down nuclear war sites, just weird, strange stuff happening that our military has known about for a really long time. And our military kind of got a hint of it, right? They kind of got a hint of it in 1947, as you brought up, Hollow, right? Mm-hmm. What happened in 1947? Are we talking about Roswell? We're talking about Roswell, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. The original Chinese weather balloon. <laughs> the OG one that crashed. The OG crashed. one. Filled with cow pies as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it goes back to that. There, there, you you could look at that and say, oh yeah, it was just a weather balloon and craziness erupted out of that. But but who knows? I, I, I we're gonna say this right now. Somebody I, knows. that is the key, the key word for this whole podcast. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> key phrase, not word. The Army may be getting to the bottom of all this talk about the so-called flying saucers. As a matter of fact, the 509th Atomic Bomb Group headquarters at Roswell, New Mexico, reports that it has received one of the discs which landed on a ranch outside Roswell. 
This landed at a ranch at Corona, New Mexico, and the rancher turned it over to the Air Force. Rancher W.W. Brizel was the man who discovered the coffer. Colonel William Blanchard of the Rockwell Air Base refuses to give details of what the flying disc looked like. David, like, it all started along, you know, you could say in the 40s, the flying saucer craze that, that all started back then. And today we're hearing of F.A. 18 pilots getting their radar jammed, seeing strange objects off San Clemente Island. It's all weird, man. It's all weird. It's weird. What we'll be doing in our next episode, I'll give a little preview into our next episode guys is what we're going to be talking about so today we talked about why the, why does this matter for the christian you know you're listening to this you listen to this this far and you're like why the heck does this matter zach you know and hopefully we gave you a good enough response that like hey culture does matter what happens in culture does matter to christians we should be able to give response especially to people who are looking for answers man if there's people who are looking for answers christians should be the first ones that are stepping in with the response because we have the answer we have we have salvation, uh, the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. And so we, 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 we talked a little bit about why it matters. And then we shared a little briefly of kind of like what is happening currently with the things that have been going on, even in our own nation and, and hearing some of those testimonials. And what we'll do in our next episode, you'll have to stay tuned for that one. So we'll kind of leave you purposefully on a cliffhanger here, listener. But what we'll do in our next episode is we'll discuss the subject. Well, what is it? What are these things? And and then we'll talk about, okay, well then what should the Christian response be in light of what these things are? But you'll have to listen to the next episode. All right, Well, man. until part two, we bid you greetings. <laughs> <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs>